is KG, and this is not safe for networks. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So today we got the 2013 5th Annual Biggie Awards, but we're going to save that for the end because you know how people are always trying to rush through the awards at the end? Oh, we're rushed for time. We're rushed for time. That's right. I want authenticity. So (laughs) we're going to cover all the news first. So I will start out with the not so pleasant and then get more pleasant as we go along. But, uh, so TJ Miller will not be removed from Deadpool 2. So I don't know if you heard anything, but about a month ago, it came to light that apparently when he was in college, he had had an abusive relationship with this girl and uh, just had knocked the crap out of her and did all kinds of not okay things to her. And uh, I'm not going to go through the blow by blow. It's it's like I know the Daily Beast had an article on it where they had an interview with the girl, but um, it's it's pretty awful. I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it, but they were talking with an executive at Fox, and she was <laughs> I felt bad for because she's just like she's fielding all these questions about T.J. Miller and Brian Singer and Brett Ratner. It was just like holy fuck, dude, just had this trifecta of evilness that she had to deal with but um she was saying that deadpool 2 uh everything that he had done was already edited in the can by the time that the the stuff came to light but i guess like all of this stuff happened they like had um like the college kind of stepped in and had like some kind of court that was in the college and they dealt with this and nobody really knows what happened with that, but whatever happened, like TJ Miller's star rose afterwards. And apparently he had talked to a bunch of comedians and like sort of made jokes about how, how he would, uh, like with women, he would say stuff about how, like, you know, I I've beaten women before. And so, there was a whisper campaign with other female comedians like don't work with this guy don't book this guy and so that was going on for a while so so once again another shitty thing another shitty person like coming to light so uh god i uh watched his uh stand up special on hbo what'd you think it was terrible yeah i watched before i heard any of this like i just heard about all this today but uh I had watched like 10 minutes of it and I was just like, nope, not for me. It so. wasn't funny. No. It seemed like he was riffing the whole thing. He was riffing me. and then kind of trying to do the prop comic thing. And it just, the timing was off. I mean, everything was just off about it. Yeah. You're no Carrot Top, TJ Miller. <laughs> <laughs> you saw Carrot Top in concert, didn't you? When you are in college. Back before he got all roided out. Yeah, <laughs> back before he was really uncomfortable to look at. Yeah. Just moderately uncomfortable to look at. Yeah, he at. was just a skinny little ginger guy on stage, and he was really funny. 
And I remember watching it because I had got free tickets. I went to see the movie Dogma at the the local. They have like a second run movie house down in Bozeman. And before, because it was the first screening of that movie. And before it, they had a bunch of question and answer like trivia. And I ended up winning tickets to the Carrot Top. Do you remember what question you answered that you got? <sighs> what was the name of uh, Jay and Silent Bob's alter ego in, uh, let's see, it was... Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? No, it was uh, the third one of the original trilogy. Chasing Amy? Yeah. What was their com- the comic book name? Oh, Blunt Man and Chronic. Yeah. That's what I thought you were getting at for like uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but that makes sense because they had the, like, Ben Affleck's character and was uh, doing the, and Jason Lee's character were doing the Blunt Man and Chronic comic, right? Yeah. And then Jay and Silent Bob show up at a restaurant because he's paying them some royalty fees or something for some uh, likeness. For likeness, their likeness fees. Fee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, one more piece of shitty news, and then we'll get past that. But uh, Brian Singer removed his name from Legion. Apparently, they were looking into having him remove his name because he was listed as an executive producer, but he did nothing for that show, like nothing at all. It was pretty much Noah Hawley who did um, uh, Fargo, which actually leads me to something I'll talk about in just a second. But um, so... uh, they got like he voluntarily took his name off and apparently the producer from Fox I was just talking about she's also looking at trying to get his name off of the runaways because he produced the pilot for that and so apparently if you produce a pilot mm-hmm. one of the guild rules is you're automatically one of the executive producers so they're looking at trying to get his name off of that too so it sounds like he's not voluntarily removing his name as of yet but uh, I, I don't remember if we actually talked about it, but like a 17 year old came forward with Brian Singer, another one and, uh, yeah. accused him, which like, I suspected something like that was coming down the pike when he left Bohemian Rhapsody. I really thought that there was some kind of scandal brewing, like outside of all the other shit that surrounded Brian Singer. And apparently there was, so well, there's smoke, there's fire, you know, but uh, so that that leads me to the news. So Noah Hawley, who I was just talking about, who did uh, Legion, he's going to be doing a fourth season of Fargo for FX in 2019. So we're getting another season of Fargo. Yay. He said he'd only do it if he had a good idea, and he came up with a good idea. Um, he was also saying that, so he was supposed to write a Doctor Doom script for Fox. <laughs> <laughs> And he's saying, as of now, as far as he knows, the project's still going forward. He hasn't heard that it's been canned yet. If like, so it might be going through, it might not. But as far as he knows, it's still going through. So I would still like to see a Doctor Doom standalone movie. I think that could be pretty interesting. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, they could. Re- I mean, especially if they went dark and. You know, at least push the R rating, if not go for an R rating. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I saw a new show today uh, on Netflix called It's the End of the Fucking World. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's pretty interesting like i guess it, it was really critically acclaimed in uh, great britain and so they brought it over to netflix like netflix helped produce it but they released it in great britain first and it is all kinds of fucked up <laughs> we're getting a <laughs> lot of fucked up shows lately it's uh it's basically about a teenager who decides that he's going to kill somebody. Like, he's clearly... He's not a psychopath. Oh, I did as, see a trailer for that. Yeah, and he's not a psychopath, uh, as he eventually figures out. But he's definitely emotionally damaged, like, heavily. Like, he has, like, no reaction emotionally to just about anything. And so this girl comes up to talk to him, and she, like... Like, she's talking to one of her friends. She's sitting there at the cafeteria with her friend. And her friend, like, texts her something. And she looks at her and she goes, I'm right across the table. And she goes, well, it's free. And she just smashes her phone and walks over to the kid. And uh, and, and she's like, hey. And he goes, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> and uh, and then she's like, she says something about how she wants to meet him after school. And he just decides right there, like, oh, she could be interesting to kill. Just, like, fucking flatly, like, not, no emotion into or whatever. He's just decided he's going to kill somebody because he's already killed a bunch of cats and all these other things. And uh, she is, like, also very emotionally damaged. Like, she tries to get everybody really upset all the time. She has no respect for anybody or any other things. And so... It's pretty interesting because it definitely gets that teenage angst, but there's like this weird emotional stuff going on. And I was sitting there watching it with my wife and we're just like quietly watching the first one and then it ended. I'm like, do you want to watch another one? She's like, yeah. And then that one ended. I was like, do you want to watch another one? She's like, yeah. So we watched like the third one and then she had to take off to work. But I was like, so did you like it? And she like kind of hesitated for a second. I was like, did you like it, but you're afraid to say you like it because it's so fucked up? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> so I would definitely check it out. Yeah, but, uh, I, I uh, did see a trailer. Like, they had one of the things popped up for that. And so we watched the trailer just before we got into what we were watching. It looked really like a psychological analysis dream. <laughs> I don't know. It's it seemed really interesting. Yeah, it's not very dreamlike for sure. Not, except not so for he much gets flashes of but... killing her all the time because he's because he wants to kill her. Like, but it's 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 all kinds of fucked up. But it's it's holds my attention. Like, it's definitely interesting. So I want to see how it plays out. And the episodes are short, man. They're like twenty two minutes. Oh, that would definitely help. Yeah, and there's only eight episodes, so. Like I, at three in, I'm definitely into it so far. No, I guess I'm four in. I watch four of them, so yeah, four in. I, I I recommend it. Like checking it out. But so what I've been watching on Netflix in the last week, I've uh, we're about halfway through the fourth season of Black Mirror. Oh yeah, it's really fucking good. Yeah, Black Mirror is like I've seen a scattering of episodes, but I really like what I've seen. Yeah, the. Uh, if you start watching the fourth season, you'll fucking love it. Yeah. Because it's basically the four, the the season premiere, the fourth season, is a take on uh, Star Trek. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, is that just one episode? Or yeah, it's just yeah. one episode because they're all and it's got the the fucked up guy from uh, Breaking Bad, Jesse Plemons. Yeah, yeah, it basically plays Captain Kurt and Fargo season three, two, two. Yeah, yeah season two with Kristen uh, Dunst, right? Yeah, and uh, it's crazy because he basically like captures people's like uh, makes clones of them and they're trapped in this computer program and basically they have to like run through like old 60s episodes of star trek <laughs> i've had four different people tell me i need to check that up ep- that particular episode yeah. out so it's it's fucking great um well speaking of star trek have you been keeping up with Discovery at Not all? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Dude, you are fucking missing out. So I was saying a while ago when they, they took the mid-season break, I really liked how they ended because they kind of, they suddenly jumped to another dimension and it, it like ends there. It's the fucking mirror dimension, dude. So you even know about this. You just don't know based off of the look you're giving me. But remember when they had the episode of Star Trek where everybody has a goatee who's evil? yeah that's the mirror universe now nobody with a goatee yet (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's something they they covered it in enterprise they had a couple episodes they covered it in deep space nine they had i think a couple episodes for that like the mirror universe is an ongoing thing but it's fucking great dude it's so fucking good and like they're basically i don't know if this is where they're going for the series but it feels like it might be because all this stuff came out and just flooded the internet of people going back and watching after they watch that episode and there's all these clues that the captain like all along maybe from the mirror universe and trying to steal the discovery so like if you're keeping track that means that they've like blown through two captains now already <laughs> like this many episodes in they've like blown through two captains and uh there's a um like there's all these clues like he had like a scar on him at one point that's like these things that they prod people with and they even had them in the original Star Trek episode where they would like I think they called them agonizers and they would like just poke somebody and it would just fucking like put waves of agony through him. And, uh, he's like, he's a little bit fucked up like, and they've established it and it was like a war show. So it was, I, I always sort of thought like, well, I guess these are the kind of guys you have to have in Starfleet when you're having this big war with the Klingons. But now it makes even more sense because it's like, this guy's from the mirror universe. I think, like, there's a lot of clues to it, but it looks cool. And they're basically stuck in this fucking dimension where all the humans are fucking evil as shit. Like, they want to subjugate everybody else and, like, they want to wipe out all the other races. So, it's the humans on their own. Um, like, they, the way that you climb the ranks and in a starship is you, like, like, if you're the first officer, you murder the captain so that you become the captain. Like, that's how it works there. <laughs> And it's like Trumpism gone awry, basically. <laughs> gone awry. I mean, Trumpism has already gone awry, but like gone more awry, I guess. And uh, it's basically the Vulcans, Andorians, and Klingons are all fucking teamed up. And we haven't really seen them yet, at least in these episodes. But I'm so in. Like, it's so great. Because 
first it was like, well, is this going to be like Voyager where they're just trying to get home and like, but this is so much more dire than Voyager because at least in Voyager, like they dealt with the Borg a bit, but like, you know, that, that was it. That was the only person, the people that they really had to deal with. But with this, it's like, they're not going to be trusted by Vulcans. They're not going to be trusted by Klingons or Andorians. And they're sure as fuck aren't going to be trusted by humans if they're found out because right now they're pretending to be this other ship. Like the, the 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 other version of Discovery, so it's like everybody but people on the ship are their fucking enemies. And then there's stuff on the ship that was going on too that I won't say because I don't want to spoil anything in case you ever catch up. But it's fucking cool, man. And I like how they've like taken their time getting here because this really feels like it might be the bent of like the series. And I don't know, but it kind of makes sense to me because the spore drive thing where they can just appear all over the galaxy. This wasn't like, this isn't something that they've ever really covered in Trek before. So it makes sense if like they get taken out of the timeline there and just disappear. It fucking makes sense that they, they play out this whole thing in this like mirror universe because that technology is fucking gone. It's just gone, you know? <laughs> so I really like it, man. If, if people haven't been checking out discovery, I would definitely jump on it. But, um, uh, a little more TV news. So did you hear about Roseanne Barr? Uh, so the new Roseanne is supposed to be coming to ABC here pretty quick. And she just kind of dropped a bombshell in a press conference that, uh, her character is a Trump supporter. <laughs> and like, here's the thing, dude, Roseanne Barr, also a Trump supporter. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of said like, so people were getting really upset about this, but I gotta say it kind of makes sense. Like she said, it's trying to be, they're trying to be more realistic for like how the middle of the country handles things. And like, you know, a lot of working class people and a lot of them voted for Trump. But the dynamic in the show, having not seen it, just heard it talked about, kind of makes sense. Because, like, you have Roseanne, who's a Trump supporter, and she's fucking loud and obnoxious. Like, yeah. there's no getting around it, right? Um, Dan didn't vote. Like, so you have the apathy there. And then, like, Jackie, her sister, who is always, like, more feminist, is a Hillary supporter. Yeah, she was she was one of the first lesbian characters on TV. That's right. I forgot she was lesbian. Cause yeah. she, her and uh, Sandra Bernhard had a relationship. That's in that right. Show, right. That's right. I forgot about that, but I, I will say um, once again, having not seen the show at all, it does make sense to me because you have the three major point of views right there and three of your major characters. So, and it is more older people that follow Trump anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying I, I, if it sways, I doubt it'll sway anybody to like support Trump watching like a sitcom. But I, to me, it kind of makes sense. But I got a feeling it's going to be aggravating watching it sometimes, you know. But it is what it is. Uh, if I can watch a serial killer show. <laughs> teenagers i could probably handle this <laughs> let's see what else uh so zachary levy who's playing uh shazam i hope i got his name right i have no idea but um he said this phrase which kind of captured my imagination because i i had no 
no fucking way was I going to give a shit about Shazam. And then he said this, I get to do my version of big. Basically it's like Superman meets big and it's so much fun. I get to be a superhero. That's excited about being a superhero. And I think that's refreshing. It's not refreshing. It's not glum and like, Oh, I have to save the world again. So I think it's all really gravy. First off, I love that he said all really gravy. Like that's, <laughs> it's pretty great right there. But, uh, it sounds like DC's actually like gonna do a fun superhero movie, like full and fun superhero. Well, that would be a change, change of pace. Yeah. That might be the shot in the arm that they need. Um, also, Warner Brothers just got. Like today, I didn't write down the person's name because it's pretty new, uh, the story, but they just got a, a new head of, of the studio. Like they're shuffling around jobs like crazy. And so the guy who's involved in the Conjuring movies, who is sort of looping them all together, he's now the, the head of the studio. And then they put Walter Hamada um, in charge of the DCEU with Jeff Johns taking an advisory role. So... I feel like they kind of fucked Jeff Johns a little bit quick and then give him a fair shot. Because advisory role tells me, like, he's not going to do much of anything. You're on the roof. You're on the <laughs> roof, yeah. <laughs> Damn you, TJ Miller. Now you just ruined reruns of Silicon Valley. At least he's off the show now. But, um, yeah, so I, I kind of li- like that direction. So we'll see if it pans out or not, but... Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we got to the biggies? Yeah, I got a couple of things here. Okay. Um, if you'll bear with me just a second while my phone decides to do what it's supposed to do. <laughs> oh, the phone and the pudding pop. Oh, I can't do that anymore either. God. All right. It's a uh, little uh, always sunny news, but not always sunny news. Okay. Um. The three writers for Always Sunny, uh, Glenn Howerton, Rob McElhenney, and uh, Charlie Day, they're writing a series uh, called The Cool Kids. The Cool Kids. So it sounds like they're splitting their energy a lot of different ways. Maybe it's time to just end Sunny while they're on a high. All right. Do you want me to break this down a little bit here yeah for you. yeah all right it's a multi-camera comedy series about three friends in a retirement community <laughs> <clears throat> the three are regarded as the quote cool kids around the community but then a female rebel enters the fray and all hell breaks loose by the way i like that you use the term retirement community because that was like Tony Soprano, every time his mom would get pissed off that she was going to retirement home, he'd be like, it's a retirement community, and get, like, all upset. <laughs> anyway. Um, Nick Frankel is going to, who did Always Sunny and The Mick, is going to help uh, executive produce on this. Um, let's see. It did have, I'm just skimming through the article here. Oh, uh. Did have some casting people on it. The three main characters are David Allen Greer. Oh, nice. I haven't seen Dag for a while. Martin Wool. Okay. And Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan. Where do I know that uh, name from? He's the one I don't really know. 
It's familiar, but I can't think of it. I'm sure if I like pulled up his IMDb page, I'd be like, oh, that guy. Yeah, we'll just figure it out <laughs> when the show premieres and we're talking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely know Martin Mole, and I definitely know, uh, who is the other one? David Allen Greer. Yeah, D- Dag. Yeah. Love David Allen Greer. I've been hoping he would get something that caught fire again. What else you got for us? Um, I did want to talk just a little bit about the uh, Golden Globes this last weekend. And I'm not going to get into who won, who lost. Cause yeah, we, we made an executive decision decided believable badass and bullshit. We're just going to save for the Oscars. I think it, it drags a little bit when we... Uh, when we do more than one award show with it. So yeah. it's kind of a once a year thing, I think. Um, but though, and it was something that happened. Um, basically everybody that showed up to the award show was dressed in black. So somebody was sending flyers or leaflets around. There were only three people in like the, couple thousand people that were there in attendance that weren't in black wow so i mean it was it was powerful to see i mean basically they i mean it was all the uh you know trying to get the sexual harassment and sexual misconduct out of out of hollywood yeah yeah i heard uh i heard seth myers kind of went after Harvey Weinstein and, you know, and some people and the jokes that didn't go over so well. You know, I I disagree with that. I was laughing my ass off because they, I mean, they may have not gone over well, but I think they were good, sharp jabs where they needed to be. Yeah, I heard that's one of the things with um, like these award shows that are difficult for the presenters <laughs> is that however you tell a joke... Like, often a joke will kill in the room, but it doesn't translate to TV as well. And I think this or was Or it'll be opposite. really good for TV, and it, like, just falls flat in the room. Because it's like a specialized audience out there, you know? Yeah. The the one joke uh, Seth Meyers had that I fucking just rolled on. Because we had talked about the Golden Globes is put on by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Right. And... His joke was uh, three. Those were the three words that Trump cannot stand: <laughs> Hollywood, foreign press. Yeah, <laughs> this is very true. These are all things that he hates for sure. Uh, I like that when James Franco won, like he brought Tommy Wiseau up, but yeah. then wouldn't let Tommy speak on the yeah, mic. Yeah, it was funny. He basically because. Uh, Tommy Wiseau went to grab the mic. He's like, just basically cock blocked him from the microphone. He's like, no, 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 no. I've, I've read somebody was like trying to do a thought piece. I was like, should James Franco let him talk? But I'm like, no, dude. Like, it's nothing against Tommy Wiseau, but that is James Franco's moment. Like, yeah. the fact that he let Tommy Wiseau go up there was pretty nice. Yeah, but no, that's James I feel Franco's like it was going to go go off the rails if dude everything he <laughs> says goes off the rails <laughs> they would have played him out so fast <laughs> and james franco had people to thank and stuff you know yeah <laughs> so 
Yeah, anyway. Um, I also heard Oprah gave like a pretty long speech. Yeah, she, was... Oprah won the uh, Cece DeMille Award, which is basically like a Lifetime Achievement Achievement Award. And I actually missed about half of her speech, but oh. <laughs> I was helping a friend get some fishing poles together and stuff together. So I missed a bunch of that, but I guess it was good. <laughs> <laughs> you're so helpful <laughs> yeah is there anything else you wanted to hit no that's that's the main thing i was i was oh, i was trying to think of the the movement oh it's a time's up movement because they all had like uh time's up pins on their lapels okay so there is definitely some sort of organization ahead of time i don't think that just happens no. coincidentally. <laughs> No, to get a thousand rich people together and all wearing black, that's, I mean, there was more black in there than a sitcom TV funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I think it's about that time. It's time to start the biggies. So let me find my, God, I fucked it up again. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, here we go. We're so getting sued by the Oscars. No, we're not. This is the Biggie's music. (laughs) It's all a tone lower. Anyway, it's time for the 2013 5th Annual Biggie's. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Our first category of the evening. Brandon, I'm going to have you reach out for your envelopes just so you're ready to go. Brandon will be reading off the... uh, the winners here. So the first category, best streaming show that will be unwatchable when net neutrality ends. Star Trek Discovery, CBS All Access, Stranger Things, Netflix, The Handmaid's Tale, Hulu, Glow, Netflix, and Future Man, Hulu. And your winner... For the best streaming show that will be unwatchable when net neutrality ends. Just in case there's question. Yes, every year I actually seal them in envelopes. It's Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. I mean, I just gave a lot of reasons earlier, so I'm not going to go into it again. But it's fucking great. Dude, there was... I went through... I struggled with about 11 different shows to carve it down to five. But these were the five I felt the best about this year. So, and that, I mean, that were pure streaming. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, congratulations, Star Trek Discovery. You fucking knocked it out of the park, which is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, those other nominees were actually really good. And, I mean, some of them, like Handmaid's Tale, took home some Golden Globe. It should have, too. Dude, it was fucking... It was real good. But it's also super dark. And Star Trek Discovery has little moments of light, so I can can enjoy it a little bit more. Ultimately, an award to me is going to... It's got to have some sort of enjoyability, you know? Because this is the biggies, baby. Anyway, let's, uh, let's roll on to the next category, Superheroes of the Year. So this is like the best superhero team up that we saw this year in television and movies. So our nominees are Supergirl and Martian Manhunter, The Justice League, Thor and Hulk, Wolverine and X-23, and Spider-Man and Iron Man. Ooh, 
Yeah. A murderer's row of team-ups this year. So, your award for the best superhero of the year, Thor and Hulk. Oh, yeah, I guess they didn't like Star Trek Discovery, and that's why they didn't applaud before. It had nothing to do with the phone in my hand. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, let's just play out. There we go. So the Hulk fucking kills it in this movie, and he's exceeded only by Thor. And I don't know why I'm talking in a dramatic voice. It's just something about it's, this song. It's the music. It, it is. moves you. Yeah, and this movie really moves me. I mean, this is a simple tale about a god whose father dies and has a god brother who's adopted who all right it sounds kind of insane when you get into it but it's really good and it's got jeff goldblum so check it out yeah anyway let's move on to the technical biggies as you know there's a lot there's more you know, I, I don't want I don't have all night to do on this. I just have to hit the major things. So we wrap things up in a technical awards. Technical biggies handed out at a separate ceremony. Best barbecue sauce, all eats. Best celebrity who died, Adam West. Best MCU character, Korg. Most improved dog, Mira. The only good dog, Badge. Most likely to be forgotten for shameful behavior before Me Too, Matt Damon. Movie I watched that aged the poorest, 16 Candles. Best news story, Russians taped Trump being urinated on for blackmail. Alright, so that was the the technical awards, so moving on. So this is a... Best show I was told I needed to watch by someone with occasional questionable taste. <laughs> so the nominees are The Good Place from Eli Eller at the No Sweat Cafe just after a heated debate about exactly why Star Trek Voyager sucked. Legends of Tomorrow from Brent Beardsley shivering on my porch while I had a cigarette during a snowstorm. Game of Thrones from Sam McIntyre in 2011 after a discussion about how a Justice League movie would never happen. Breaking Bad from Becca Roman while we were cleaning urine off of a kitchen floor. That We're doing it for work. <laughs> and uh, The Sopranos from two stuffy white collar guys on a golf course pissed off that they had to golf with myself and Brandon, who didn't really know how to golf, so that they could make a foursome. <laughs> so... Those are the nominees. So who do we got, Brandon? All right. Your winner for the best show I was told I needed to watch by somebody with occasional questionable taste is... Breaking Bad. Yeah, dude, it's it's still a classic, man. It's still my favorite show ever. Have you rewatched that? Uh, I have, but not... Since it was out, <laughs> not around that time. Why? I'm just curious, like, because it's so dark. I don't know if I want to like jump into that headspace again. I do. I do at some point, but probably after Better Call Salt was over, and it can all link up nicely. I'm thinking. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> so this is now. It's time for the Beardsleys. I think. So what do we got for a category for the Beardsleys here? All right. 
That's the Beardsley's music. That's some great music right there. The the Beardsley Award is given to the best meme of 2017. Your nominees are It Down Here Tiny Trump Crap Cracking Open a Cold One with the Boys Meryl Streep Singing and The Distracted Boyfriend. Alright, let's see what we got here. I feel like there's some chicanery there because the envelope didn't seal, so I just ripped the top of it. <laughs> Tiny Trump. Don't applause. Don't applause. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what gave you the Tiny Trump meme there? So the Tiny Trump meme was a series of memes that came out of like Trump Photoshop, like on toddlers on leashes and just like people like uh, putting Trump in his place. Yeah, Trump needs to be in his place. <laughs> what were the other memes that that were on your list? You always do this meme category every year, and I always know like one or two of them, but I never know all of them. All right, it down here. Okay, I, I think uh, it's yeah. basically we have blank down here, and you see like people diving yeah. into the sewers, or the alternate is like co- construction workers like filling the pit with concrete (laughs) (laughs) okay cracking open a cold one with the boys uh there have been lots of different versions usually it's like oh i can't do this i'm cracking open a cold one with the boys and drinking a beer okay the best one is they had a picture of the mickle poil brothers and they're like drinking milk cracking Uh. open a cold one (laughs) then with the milk dude (laughs) i can't take it (laughs) it's so great Oh, uh, just a sidebar on that. That uh, episode of uh, Black Mirror, the Star Trek, the the second main character is one of the McBoyle brothers. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep singing is actually from the Golden Globe Awards last year, but she has her hands cupped around and she's yelling and they've like, put so many different subtitles under that like anything from just like blasting somebody to just like shut the fuck up (laughs) okay was that all of them and then the distracted boyfriend where you see like this uh attractive lady walking down the street and it's like uh good ideas and like the guy's turning his head and like the girlfriend's like just about to slap his (laughs) (laughs) all right well moving on to some more biggies uh best performance i didn't see coming john ham and baby driver adam driver logan lucky josh hutcherts josh hutcherson that's a hard name to say future man mark Marin, glow sad porg the last jedi Sadly, I wasn't able to get his name because apparently CGI characters aren't, like, the guild rules are different. They don't have to give out the actor's name. So I just named him Sad Pork. But you know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The one that watches mom being eaten by Chewbacca. (laughs) You went even darker with that, dude. (laughs) She's just about to pay off the mortgage on the house. (laughs) 
the best performance I didn't see coming. Your winner is... Josh Hutcherson for Future Man. All right. So, uh, as I was telling Zach last week, like, he's so fucking good because he's just, he, he doesn't have his mouth wide open the whole time. That's number one. <laughs> That's a good start. Number two, he, like, he's not a smart guy by any means, but they put two characters that are so fucking dumb next to him that it just works, man. <laughs> and he's like, he's perfect as like an everyman in it. I don't know. It's just a great show. The idiocracy I really love effect. It. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Although they're not stupid, they're just from like so far in the future in such a dystopian future that they have no idea what's going on. Like they think that it's okay to kill a baby because it can't possibly defend itself. <laughs> like, that's, that's that's a moment in the show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next category. Most likely food to rot in my refrigerator after my wife goes off of her diet. Mint leaves, lemons, Greek yogurt, coconut water, almond milk. Do you have a guess on this one, Brandon? Because all of these things, she's been on a diet before. And there's one that always rots in the fridge at some point. I'm gonna, like, if it was my fridge, it would be coconut milk. Okay. Are you going with coconut? Well, coconut, coconut water. water. Yeah. Excuse me. That's nope. what I'm going to say. All right. So the actual winner for most likely food to rot in my refrigerator after my wife goes off of her diet. <laughs> Sealed that one up real good. I used twice a spit on that. Oh, and you envelope. put it in the opposite corner that I opened up. <laughs> Sorry. And it's glued to the corner. <laughs> There's literally nothing in this envelope. What? <laughs> is there really? There really is nothing Let in it. Let me this. see that. Yeah, there is. Wow. It was hidden pretty good, though. Almond milk. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, almond milk. Whenever I buy almond milk, I always know we're never getting to the bottom of that thing. <laughs> I tried to use it for mashed potatoes one time because I didn't have milk. And I'd never actually had almond milk. And I was like, how bad could it be? It doesn't work with mashed potatoes. I'll tell you what, dude. <laughs> this shit does not work with mashed potatoes. Anywho. Uh, so we actually have sponsors this year. So... We should pay some bills here. We'll be right back with the 2013 5th Annual Biggie Awards right after this. Tonight, an ABC Family premiere event. Not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. It's a new kind of beginning for a legendary hero. Does it come in black? He fights for family and lives for love. I never stopped thinking about you. Christian Bale and Katie Holmes. Batman Begins premieres tonight. Zombies of the Stratosphere. Out of the air and from under the sea, these weird zombies from Mars swarm in to annihilate the Earth. What? What are you? 
I am Marix, a native of the planet Mars. Their diabolical scheme seems sure of success until Larry Martin is called upon. And so, Larry Martin, we direct you to use all means at your command to rid the Earth of these horrible zombies. Zombies of the stratosphere. Welcome back to the 2013 5th Annual Big Rewards. Yeah, we got sponsors, dude. We actually got money for all that all that music now. That's pretty great. Yeah, unless somebody from like the academy is listening to me and then like I don't have money to <laughs> make any money at all. I hardly make money at my job. <laughs> don't sue We me. don't have money, don't sue us. <laughs> anyway, so now we're getting to the, the big awards of the night. So most improved podcaster. Number one, we have Eric Tooten from the Movies with Wrestlers podcast. <clears throat> Brandon Bear Beardsley, Montucky Skies. Jeremiah Perez, Geek Lanterns Light. Matt Campbell, We Had a Good Life. Dub Campbell, We Had a Good Life. You got any guesses on this one? I'm going with Eric Tooten. You're going with Eric? Yeah. All right, open her up. And your award for oh, the most improved is killing me. The suspense podcaster. is killing me. <laughs> what did I write down? I can't remember. Eric Tudin, Movies with Wrestlers. Good guess, man. Good guess. Yeah, Eric just like, I mean, he was doing his thing with Connor, but he came back, dude, and he's able to hold down a show and like he has a guest every week, but he's just fucking killing it. And he's doing some editing and like he's just like taking a quantum leap forward. So I'm real proud of Eric. He's doing a great job. So uh, now for the big award of the night, the best award. It might deserve some Beardsley music. Best podcast of 2017. So movies with wrestlers, Eric Tooten, Alien Movie Project, Kate Donaldson and Aaron Donaldson. All like two episodes or whatever. <laughs> Real Roulette, Aaron Donaldson and Alex Big Small. Montucky Skies, Brandon Beardsley and Alex Big Small. Geek Lanterns Light, Jeremiah Perez, Nicholas Kaisen and Ben Miller. We Had a Good Life, Matt Campbell and Dub Campbell. Dude, I'm up for two this year. <laughs> Damn. So far, I'm 0 for 6. I'm like the Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio of the biggies, but I'm on two of these. I got to win one of them, did, right? Did you get raped by a bear? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't get raped by a bear. <laughs> Who do you think's going to win? This, I have no idea. No idea? All right. The best podcast of 2017 is... Emma Stone for La La Land? Yeah. Wait, what? No, there's a mistake. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here you go, man. <laughs> Sorry about that. These mistakes happen, you know? The We Had a Good Life podcast. Oh, congratulations, Matt and Dub. Long overdue for a biggie. It's been a long time, but they were due. Dude, they didn't get one every week, but they never get one every week. <laughs> But when they did get one, it fucking delivered, so... You know, they put a lot of work in that. I mean, uh, he's coming up from Bozeman to record that. Yeah, and the roads are no fucking oh, joke That's lately. not a fucking joke at all. 
Yeah, the roads have been real shitty. And now we're in, the, like, it's even worse now because they're melting. And at, freezing. And freezing at night. So it's just fucking terrible. But they're fucking doing it. And they're doing it at least every other, well, every third week. <laughs> <laughs> but they're doing a great job when they show up. So, uh, yeah, but thank you to everybody on the network. It's been a great year. Um yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say unless you got anything else for the podcast. So I was expecting this to last a long ass time, and uh, it did not last a long ass time. Do you want to do an in memoriam? Sure. Hold on, let me get some more music here. Uh, let's see, in memoriam, in memoriam. There we go. This is a look back of famous people who we have lost in the last year. Della Reese, touched by an angel. It's Tom Petty of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. That one was hard. He almost beat Adam West this year. <sighs> Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Yeah. Mar- yeah. <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore of the Marilyn Tyler Moore of the show. I know that's supposed to be sad, but I didn't really see a lot of Mary Tyler Moore. I think I saw her in a Ben Stiller movie once. Sam Shepard. David Cassidy. Hugh. Playboy Hefner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel conflicted about that one because he was responsible for getting me through childhood, but then at the <laughs> same time, like, yeah. kind of a skis ball. Bill Paxton. Yeah, that one sucks. Yeah. That was this year? Yeah. I guess that was at the very beginning of the year. Greg Allman of the Allman Brothers Band. Yeah, that's a bummer. Harry Dean Stanton. Also a bummer, dude. Yeah. Character actor of a million movies. The Adam West. Yeah. Chris Cornell, Soundgarden Audio Slave. I actually saw him in concert once. Nice. Yeah, he was playing with Pearl Jam for a little little bit legendary comedian Don Rickles rock and roll musician Chuck Berry that sucks actor Martin Landau he was really good at rounders <laughs> I'm sure that's what everybody remembers comedian him for. Jerry Lewis eh, eh comedian Dick Gregory that sucks I read yeah. his book I can't say the title of the book because it's an N-word, but it was a really good book. Aaron Moran, Happy Days. John Hurd. Monty Hall. Is there some more of these? Yeah, still? I got Hold about on. six more. Okay. <laughs> Had to get the mood back down. Roy Halliday. Ralphie May, comedian. Yeah, he was really big. He was a big boy, as I recall. And Walter Becker, Steely Dan, Fats Domino, country music star Don Williams, and Jimmy Superfly Snuka. I who is that? WWE wrestler. Oh. <laughs> Eric's probably disappointed in me now. <laughs> <laughs> Eric knows all the wrestling stuff I leave him to. That reminds me. Um, if you guys haven't checked out the uh, Movies with Wrestlers podcast, I'm on it this week. So uh, I recorded it a while ago. 
and then just heard, you know, like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but like, I haven't, like I recorded that podcast maybe two months earlier and just didn't like, I didn't really remember what I said, but I knew I had a couple glasses of wine (laughs) and it was a lot of laughing, (laughs) but it was such a fucking silly movie. It was impossible not to laugh at the whole thing. We're watching no holds barred, which is like, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> but it's it's like, pretty bad. But it's pretty funny, too. Especially if you know you're going to be talking about it in a podcast. It's and if you're drinking a bottle, bottle of wine with it, it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. And I felt weird being on a wrestling podcast drinking wine. But it's all I had at the time. So. Hey, any port in the storm. Yeah, any port in the storm, dude. <laughs> it was the only way I could get through No Holds Bar was to... Have some uh, white Zen, I guess. I don't think it was Zen. It was probably like Cab or Syrah. But anyway, uh, that's all I really got. You got anything else you want to tackle? Or we, no. we got that memoriam. Who would you give the hammer to? We know I gave it to Adam West. Who would you give it to? You know, if like I just read off a list of people, so it, it wasn't like any particular order. Right. I'd have to give it to Tom Petty. Yeah, I really struggle between between Tom Petty and Adam West because they both meant a lot in my life in different ways. And I just decided that ultimately, for me, it was like, okay, if I'm being real here, for me, it was like Tom Petty probably had the edge, but I was like, it is like a podcast where we talk about Batman an extensive amount. <laughs> But Adam West and Tom Petty were neck and neck, so I gave it to Adam West. So I feel good that you're giving it to Tom Petty, and we get all the um, the credit that's due out there. But it's probably a good place to cut out. So uh, we will be back to our normal ass show next week. I know it's been <laughs> a little while, but at least we at least we did have some news items today. Right? Hey, and you get a lot of fun out of this listening at home. So I would hope so. This this is the the fourth biggies we've ever done. So um, you have to go back a couple years and listen to the, <laughs> basically the, the one we did in 2014 is the first biggies. I like to explain this every year, but it's a running joke because in 2014 we did the very first one and we, I decided to make it annual. And then you decided to put history behind it. Cause this is your joke. <laughs> we should call it the 2013 second annual biggie awards. So that's why we're on the 2013 5th Annual Biggie Awards. (laughs) There's only been four of them, and it started in 2014. (laughs) But whatever. (laughs) But it sounds better with the 5th. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this is probably a good place to cut it off, so take it easy. Respect the outro. I almost made it. Almost, damn it. (laughs) Movies with Restless? Green Lantern's Light? ASL Adventures? Interdimensional Exchange Association? Is this yours? No, I... Your mother said she found them on your phone. I don't know, a guy must Must have... Must have what? Look, Dad, they're not mine. Alien Movie Project? We Had a Good Life? Montucky Skies? Real Roulette? Where'd you get it? Dad... Answer me. Who taught you how to listen to this stuff? You alright? I learned it by watching you! Parents that use podcasts have children.
They use podcasts. Brought to you by the partnership of the Not Safer Network.